Well, well, well. What do we have here? Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, ladies perfect. and gentlemen. This is Shane Malloy with Gabriel Plants. See, I don't need to be here. Hey guys, welcome back to the Every Plant Story podcast. My name is Shane, and I'm your host today, and also the owner and founder of Gabriella Plants. And we're back to do another podcast this week. I have with me once again Brett Weiss, our head grower for Gabriella Plants. Hi guys. Uh, we're a little bit tired, as you can tell by the vocal <laughs> tone here, but we also have with us today Zach, uh, who is our media director here at Gabriella Plants. Howdy. Um, and the two of you guys, really, today, we just kind of wanted to lay out, uh, first of all, just some housekeeping things. The last two podcast episodes have been a lot of fun. I know there's been a couple different emails come through um, asking a couple follow-up questions, which we'll get to in a future episode and stuff. And there's been a lot of uh, really cool... Uh, honestly, I've listened to the one with my dad over and over and over again, because <laughs> it's just it's a really cool thing. And I, I don't know how to describe, like, I'm glad that's there. Because like I'll forcefully make my son listen to it at some <laughs> point in my future. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just a good, a good little like. It's so neat to be able to capture, which is every podcast or every picture you take, like mm-hmm. that memory in that moment mm-hmm. of time. Because this was the first time that you've actually sat down with him and at least like on record and gone through everything, right? Yeah, I mean, when my grandpa passed away like a year and a half ago, I think there was more like family storytelling like in those Mm -hmm. months when my aunt was around you know Mm -hmm. around and that kind of thing but no we had never like intentionally sat down in front of a camera or a microphone or anything to put some of those memories down but you know so glad we were able to um so if you haven't checked out those podcast episodes definitely go do that uh also wanted to mention at the top of the show that shop if you're here local to central florida shop had a little bit of a change of hours still wednesday through saturday uh, but now the Thursday is we're open one to six, um, which makes it Wednesday one to six, Thursday one to six, Friday ten to six, and Saturday ten to six. So just a little bit of an update there to the hours of shop. Go see Alexa. She's doing a fantastic job over there. And then the last housekeeping thing I want to touch on before we get to the Aeroid Show kind of recap and storytelling from that because I can't wait to hear some of those stories. Um, something I've been mentioning to people for a little while uh, is the fact that one of the benefits of summer, we've talked about some of the downsides of summer in the past couple episodes, Brett, whether it's pests or anything else, things, or, or just how the sheer volume of how quickly things are growing, you know, compiles into feeling further and further behind, you know. But on the flip side of that, you also look at it glass mostly full, um, that the plants that we have right now on the website across the board pretty much are the biggest they've been this mm-hmm. year and the biggest they'll be until at least, you know, May of next year, for the most part, just right. because they've had the benefit of three months of brutally hot weather to us humans, but glorious growing <laughs> conditions for them plants. So I, they're just huge out there. Everything. Yes. Is. So we've even been having to like ask shipping, like, hey, can you let us know when things are getting too big? Because they, <laughs> they've been running into problems simply with some of the bigger allocations and stuff, not even be able to get them in the box. But yeah, um, how do you tell the plants? Like, we appreciate your effort, but just we can ease it back sh- a little bit. Yeah, we can only ship so many a week. So it'd be really cool if you guys could like kind of or- get amongst yourselves, organize, and just, you yeah. know, it's a. A reasonable amount come ready at the same time. Yeah, find but, a good middle ground and we'll, we can all work together. Exactly. But anyways, everything's just growing. So I want to mention that um, just because everything I've seen you take pictures of now that you're doing a lot of that, Zach, too. I mean, you know better than anyone. They're getting bigger and bigger by the week. I mean, in the wintertime, we can sometimes scale back a little bit of the behind the scenes. We can sometimes scale back the photos we take and how often we update a listing mm-hmm. to once every 
two, three weeks, sometimes even once a month, because in those cold months, they're just not growing. But I mean, there's plants that you've been photographing week after week because mm-hmm. of the, the difference. Yeah, I'll get with Holton and be like, all right, which one of these are drastically changed? You're like, well, a lot of them. So, <laughs> Most of them. Yeah, let's get to taking some pictures. Yeah, so that's uh, really cool. And if uh, you haven't had a chance to order from us in a while, uh, check it out online, gabrieltheplants.com. So guys, with that, Arrowhead Show. Tell yes. me all about it, Brett. Uh, you guys went down there. So for those of you who don't know, a little bit of backstory. International Aeroid Society puts on an annual show and sale. Correct yes. me if I'm wrong. Yep. And that's so what we went to do. This uh, this past weekend, September 11th and 12th, was the 44th annual International Aeroid Society show and sale down at uh, Fairchild Tropical Botanic Garden um, in Miami. Which is just a beautiful place. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely beautiful garden and Everything about that place is magical, both for the plants and and everything. Um, And so uh, the show was Saturday and Sunday, so we drove down Friday. So this was a new experience for me. I drove our 16-foot truck down. Mm -hmm, The box truck. The box truck. Um, Which, what, maxes out at like 60 miles per hour? It's 75, (laughs) yes. No, 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 65. 65? Yeah, the governor goes to 65. (laughs) Wow. I'm pretty sure, right? Or is it 75? No. It was 75. No. He was pushing it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I got some more investigating to do. Um, Maybe if you're going downhill. (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, I've never driven a big truck like that. So that was an interesting experience. And you, Um, you, you came back with plants. So unfortunately, you didn't get to experience the phenomenon. But like that truck, although the front end of it, like driving it, drives like a pickup truck, it's, it's mm -hmm. fairly easy to handle. You do get the principle when it's loaded of the little bit of a semi or a train effect <laughs> where like you just have so much sheer weight both to accelerate with and to like stop that you just feel like you weigh 10,000 pounds rolling down the road. That's <laughs> always a, a fun feeling and how it blows around the highway. And uh, I've only ever driven a small car before, but I think after this experience, I'm ready for my next car to be an SUV or something. All right. I, I, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, that's good. Um, All so right, one step closer to a truck. We did bring uh, we did bring a little over a thousand plants down um, wow. for the show, um, and so they do provide every vendor with a ten by ten booth tent type, you know, pop up tent. Um, and two tables. And so we did bring a, a lot of collapsible tables down and an additional 10 by 10 pop-up tent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had more shaded space to use, which I'm very thankful we were able to do that. Um, and so we got down there a uh, little before noon um, and spent about five hours setting up all the plants and everything wow. with our signs and brutally hot. I mean, absolutely br- brutally hot. Um but it was a pretty cool experience uh, because, you know, we're vendors and we had to set up. I, they had uh, me follow um, the little tram through the rainforest. So I got to drive the big box truck. Th- oh, no way. Through, yeah, I drove the box truck through the rainforest portion of the garden, which was like pretty cool. Just that experience of just driving this. And I'm like... All the plants are like, just leave me here. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll just <laughs> chill here. I, and I, you know, we're hit, I'm hit like hitting the edges of the plants on the side. I'm like, I'm so sorry, plants. <laughs> so sorry. Um, but we, we set up and it, it was great. Um, and it's, it's cool on Friday, you know, you get to see all the other vendors setting up to, uh, lots of familiar faces. Um, Enid with NSC Tropicals brought a lot of plants for the members booth. Um, 
Avon with Equigener was there as usual, uh, brought close to probably 3,000 plants he imported from Ecuador. Um, And so uh, lots of the same vendors as usual. um, And we were able to get, I'd say, 90% of everything set up um, on Friday. And then we just had to prepare for Saturday. And so then Saturday... Because the show starts, like, selling of things being a vendor starts on the Saturday. Exactly. So Saturday, the garden opens at 10. Um, and so the show then opens at 10. And so they had a line. I'm pretty sure they said people started lining up at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. Um, and so they did open the show and the garden about 10 minutes early. Um Saturday morning, so it was like 9.45, 9.50, they made the announcement like, hey, we're going to let people in, um, and from oh. yeah, from there, it was just kind of like bombarded with people, probably from 9.45 to 1, it was just... Yeah, because there were people lined up before, because you and I ran the truck back to, once we were you know done unloading, went to a back like employee parking lot and drove past the front gate, and there was already mm-hmm. a line of people... Standing there, excited, they saw the Gabriella sign, and they're like, "Oh, Gabriella plants!" And so <laughs> we should really get that yellow back box truck wrapped. Yes, we should. Yeah, oh, we full, should. <laughs> yeah, full wrap, lower. The fact it a that it's bit. like still Penske yellow is a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like one thing I wanted to point out because I didn't go this year, um, but I have been in in past years, and even the first year that I went, you know, the the remark from a lot of the vendors, and you know the the our friends like Enid mm-hmm. and, and others down there was like, holy moly, you know, this was, and this was in 2019 or whatever, like double the amount of people who normally come to this. So, right. I mean, you've been going to them mm-hmm. lo- much longer than I have too. What, what's it been like to kind of see the explode? Cause it was like never restricted to being an industry event by right. any stretch of the term, but obviously prior to 2018, 2019 or whenever that trend kind of mm-hmm. started, the aeroids weren't necessarily the most popular category. Well, I mean, I think my first show was either 2017 or 2018, and the entire show with all the vendors were inside in that one room where we had the banquet, which now, if you think about it, there's absolutely no way you could get all of the vendors, let alone customers, in that one tiny space. So, I mean... Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, they had vendors in that room when I was there in 2019. Right. Which is, and then I was like, this is a, obviously it was before COVID, but I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure this is how you like get sick with like a bunch <laughs> of people you don't know is like when you physically have to actually rub a shoulder, like not figuratively, but right. like, and I mean, have to mosh pit yourself yeah, through exactly. to get the to the other table. Are like elbowing each other, like just to like sift through the plant. It was, it was, it was like so crazy. So I can only imagine now that they, I mean. Obviously, the demand was there that they had to move it outside. Yeah, and I didn't get the final numbers, but I do know... So, the 2020 show had been canceled, and so they redid it in March of the March of 2021. They had, like, the quote-unquote 2020, 2020 show. show um, but it was just a sale. They didn't have any display plans. They didn't have a auction or banquet or anything that time. But the, I'm pretty sure the numbers from the Garden in March for that show was a little over 8,000 people attended. Wow. So, I mean, I didn't, I don't have the numbers from what this past weekend was, but, I mean, it was a lot of people. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> it was a lot of people. That's insane. So, so once Saturday got rolling, Zach, how was, uh, how was the sale? How, how was, uh, obviously you were there getting to film, but also getting to help yeah. alongside the, the event there. Yeah, no, it was, uh, 
like Brett said, as soon as the doors open, it was kind of nonstop. And um, it was really cool people or seeing people come up to the tent, see the signs and be like, oh, this is Gabriel Plants. Like I've, I've bought plants from you guys before. And um, and you see that effect happen to the other vendors too. Mm, like, yeah. you know, the, these people like Enid and other people, like that was the first time I got to meet her. So yeah, you have those connections happening all around. We're like, oh my gosh, you're that person. Yeah, right. and even just yeah, just uh, like me walking around and looking at the other vendors, I would, I was, I was seeing names and and brands that I've seen online before, and just that have interacted with us before, and so it was really cool being able to actually see that in person and just kind of see. I mean, this was my first plant world event type mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was really cool seeing the excitement first person and just seeing how into plants people actually are and uh yeah it was very very eye-opening and just kind of cool to see just people's passions just kind of play out yeah and, and not having gone the crazy thing to me sorry i didn't mean to no, interrupt ahead, you but like the crazy thing to me is like just observing the social media wor- world like having stayed in orlando that weekend was like seeing the number of people not always necessarily for us by any means but like yep most of the way there from Roanoke, Virginia right. to the Arid Show or whatever. And you're like, holy moly. Like that is a 12, hour, you know, yeah, 10 plus hour drive or flying it, in from another state. The Arid Show is like a like a mecca for plant people. Like they will come like from wherever. It's just this yearly event where if they come to one thing, like this is what they attend. Which is super neat. And uh, the society has is, is always been super... I think they're they've been doing the only work in periods of time, mm-hmm. arguably, on continued research or publication of research or keeping the fire stoked in any way exactly. during the uh, the seasons that aeroids weren't popular, and then obviously now that they are popular, I think they didn't they just release like a cultivar registration uh, thing yes. too. Um, my buddy Sid Hearth uh, is heading that project and so basically now it previously had been a wiki page and so he put in hours and hours and hours of work and he built this entire database now for all cultivar registration um for any aeroid uh which is like amazing to actually have this one database that is kind of backed by the society that you know is is true and this is where you go to to vet anything that you need to check for uh, right. And obviously, if you have something and, and, and uh, I've asked Siddith and other members mm-hmm. of the society like, hey, do do we know a little bit more about the history of Pink Princess? Do we know? Mm-hmm. You know, these are the people who are investing their non-paid time, exactly. much like you do, Brett, in your, in your off time, keeping up with the, oh, no, we reclassified that because of this or whatever else. So it's been really cool to see. I don't know. Just from an outsider perspective, it's been cool to see that the society succeed as well as they have in the last couple of years. For sure. Because in my opinion, there's been a, a very, other than them, in a large sense, absence mm-hmm. of groups like that. It, it, it There's plenty of shops that have opened, plenty of Facebook groups. We're one of them that's with customers and stuff there's not a whole lot of other forums. Like you said, everyone will come from anywhere mm-hmm. this one time a year. There's not a lot of societies or groups making things true intellectual forums well, like the society tends to do. That's a good point that you make is that all these people in the society who do devote all of their time and energy and research into this, they're not getting paid to do this. They're mm-hmm. doing this because they care and because this is their passion and because 
they want to get the correct information out to the world just as much as everyone else wants that information. Yeah, and they want to learn right alongside the person who did make the discovery or, or whatever else. Exactly. So it's been really cool to see, like like I said, the, the society overall succeed through these sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned seeing some different friends. What uh, Any other friends stand out to you that you got to see, Brett, down there? Uh, just lots of different vendors that, you know, I don't always get to catch up with if it's not at shows and things like that. Um, different growers, different plant adventurers, explorers, um, past people I've gone on expeditions with and things like that, that, you know, come down from New York or wherever. Um, it's exciting Yeah, to, to, to have a reason for all of us to come together is just great because if it wasn't for the show, I don't know the next time I'd be able to see these people. That's a very good point. One thing that uh, they did down there is they do like kind of a, they have a banquet, which we touch on too, but mm-hmm. like they also have these awards for different people. And oftentimes it's, you know, an event, like you're saying, to be able to come come together and see those friends you haven't seen in a while, also to collaborate or to show off that like, hey, look, I, I did hybridize this mm-hmm. or I, I, I made this. And to me... I mean, I'm not necessarily the highest botanically intellectual person in the world, but like even I'm curious of like what not necessarily what wins, but what's getting exhibited. What are other growers super proud of that they're bringing? Anything strike you that you saw? Absolutely. So, I mean, it is a show and sale. So the show portion of it basically, if you are a member of the Arid Society, you are welcome to bring plants in for sh- for the show, um, and th- they're for display. So you bring them in, and they're in a separate room, kind of in a circle around the room that they can be set up. And then there is a judging, and then uh, there are two grand prizes. There's a uh, most unusual and a best in show. Um, and then other than that, they also do give out. Uh, multiple first place ribbons, basically blue ribbons, if it's just a a beautiful specimen plant. Um, And so there were, uh, Bill at Silver Chrome always brings in a lot of big, beautiful plants just to kind of show off. Um, Well, he's got the easiest job. He he only has to bring his plants like a grand total of like 30 minutes down the road compared to some of these people (laughs) who have to like either figure out how to rent the U-Haul ahead of time or put it in their suitcase, heaven forbid. Uh, He's Um, he's got the upper hand, I will admit that. But I mean, he brought some beautiful Monstero Obliqua Peruvian form. He brought his Spiritus Sancti. He brought his giant Philodendron Polypodioides that was like absolutely I saw that. That blew up on the internet. Uh, um, You have one of those, right? I do have one, but I mean, it's it's nothing compared to the things that he brought. (laughs) Well, you still have one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know who I'm talking to after the podcast. Um, And then uh, the Best in Show Award did go to Bill brought this weird aberrant alocasia that the um, leaf margins, the edges of the leaves kind of curled up. So it formed almost this like bowl type shape. Very interesting looking. Um, Like consistently? Yeah. Every single leaf looked like a, like a basin almost like a wash basin. Yeah. It was weird. Um, And then the most, oh no, I'm sorry. So that was most unusual. Right. Um, and then Best in Show went to Calvin at Tennessee Tropicals for his variegated spathophyllum. That thing was, was awesome. beautiful, absolutely Insane. beautiful. Um, he deserves that a uh, hundred times over. Oh yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy. I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of different times on Instagram. 
great guy up there. And then like when he brought that down again, not to dig on silver chrome, but like also you get points for the fact that you came from Tennessee exactly, and brought that down and it still <laughs> looks that good as it does right there. Like to me, then, then I'll, I'll give a couple extra points and for there's, that. There's so many challenges that come with bringing plants for show. We only, I mean, we only brought a couple plants because there's so many factors, logistics of one getting it down there, but then you need to make sure that it's, as you bring it down there, it's secured in a way that it's not going to break or mess up in the truck. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that obviously then when it comes back on the truck, it can be secured in a way and, and there's room on the truck to bring it back. Mm-hmm. And then you also need to realize that you're bringing it down there for at least 8,000 people to look at and potentially touch and potentially mess up as, you know, as they're fondling the leaves to mm-hmm. take their pictures and everything that there's a lot of th- different components that go into it when deciding what to bring mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because you do have that just reality of not because of anyone's intention right but just right. because of humanity mm-hmm. yeah it's going to take on some bumps and bruises so is that the one and then we even had a few plants that maybe we would have taken down for the quality of the foliage or, or, the, or the plant itself but because they were in a particular breeding stage or mm-hmm. whatever else that also limited us on wanting to move that particular exactly you know thing because we didn't want to mess up those processes. So anytime you have to, you know, if you if you were just a woodworker and you're going to a show with it, you know, you're not also dealing with a living item the entire time. The complexity of having shows sure. and things when you're dealing with living organisms is I'm sure it's the same for like what pet shows and mm-hmm. and you know yeah yeah probably pets reptile expos yeah, yeah or exactly. like like uh you know parrots or whatever like I'm sure there's you know challenges to you probably can't do shows longer than so many days and you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it it was it sounds like it was a really great time. Uh at the banquet uh, I know they do a lot of auctions and stuff. I heard one plant went for some ridiculous. <laughs> yes, so uh, the banquet is a ticketed event, um, so you do have to purchase a ticket, and it it was capped at a hundred people uh, for COVID reasons. Um, and so there, it's a, it's a, uh, a dinner. There's a dinner, then there's a guest speaker, and then they do an auction. Um, so the guest speaker was Orlando Ortiz, and uh, he studies the microendemic populations of aeroids in Panama. And so basically in his presentation, yeah, so in his presentation, he highlighted all of the new, either new, completely new or rediscovered species that they've been working on in Panama. Um, and so we were able to see for the first time some photos of some of these plants that had never been documented before. Some of these plants had been known to science only through drawings. Like in the 1700s when someone discovered it, they literally didn't have photography at that point in time in science. And so they were only able to document it through a sketch. And so now in 2021, that no longer counts as like a valid publication for a species. And so basically he's he was going him and his team are going back behind and kind of trying to refine and document those plants that have never been found since then. Wow. So that's what the rediscovery plants were labeled as, exactly. as ones that had maybe had a sketch before but were never officially photographed. Okay. Right, because the the policies in place now to scientifically correctly um, publish a, a plant as a new species have changed since 
that time in the mm. late 1700s. Um, like you need certain things, you need certain write-ups, you need certain documentation or herbarium collections or something like that that maybe hadn't been taken at the time that he was going through and basically trying to find just based on this one quick note of someone of some explorer's journal 300 years ago trying to there was a back. large bush on exactly the, uh, next to the but small boulder at the edge of the 500 beach. steps away yeah from exactly. fallen twig and so just trying to i thought it was a bear find these things <laughs> trying to find these plants again and redocument them and correctly document them so that they can be brought back into the light of science that's so cool is cool and so to be able to see the photos of these plants, and I mean, some of these plants were marked as species nova, which means they haven't even, he discovered them, but they haven't even been published yet or given a real a real scientific species name yet. So being able to see these plants literally before the scientific community is even aware of these plants is like a real honor yeah. Truthfully. Yeah, I couldn't get my head around that. I was like, how am I allowed to be looking at this right now? <laughs> like, th- this is too official for me. <laughs> and like the government's like, so also, so honestly, <laughs> let's just cut it all open. Uh, these are all the secret weapons we have. And you're like, I feel like I shouldn't know this. I feel like <laughs> yeah. this is like a mark on my back now. Um, no, I feel that. But that, that kind of touches on something we've like briefly touched on in, in a couple different podcasts before, which is just like, there is so much out there. I mean, what mm-hmm. the industry grows is such a sli- ourselves included and we we pride ourselves in trying to have over 700 species and mm-hmm. and be expanding as much as we can but regardless of who you are regardless of how much we achieve our goals it's such a sliver compared to the amount of plants that are out there and and not to mention the plants that like you're saying haven't even been discovered or are in the process of okay so we have one photo or we have one sketch or we have this one one leaf that got mm-hmm. hard pressed or whatever and you know so we you it's insane to know that in all of what he brought to the table he was still just only touching another you know half of a percent exactly of the remaining stuff out there. i mean like it wasn't like okay that was the rest of them we finished the project either which is like mind-blowing right, to me that's beyond just what they've found so far there's still plenty of work to do so that whole presentation is mind-blowing in and of itself and then you get to the end you're like oh, oh by the way that was only like actually <laughs> nothing in in the grand scheme of how many plants are out there which is mind-blowing mm-hmm. does um orlando work with a team or organization or is it just him going out there um it's it's he is the head researcher, and so he will have a team of like two or three people that will go with him on various expeditions mm. just for you know backup for carrying the supplies and having all of the tools that they need necessary, or someone who may know that specific area or region as a guide. Gotcha. Um, but he relies solely basically on grant money and money through various societies or organizations that would fund a project like this gotcha um it's not like he is with a institution or anything like mm-hmm. that he's still the main one heading all of this and kind of making it happen mm-hmm. that's really cool yeah and it's needed in the yeah. plant community like so many other things i mean like we need the people willing to do that we need the people in the society to be able to stand there and help you know with botanical with the botanical perspective help us correct and ensure accuracy on things. You know, it's just, it's really cool to see everything that goes down there. You mentioned at the very top of the podcast episode, 
it was at Fairchild, which mm-hmm. is we mentioned is beautiful. Um, Zach, you were able to get some great footage down there. I know we're working on releasing that as soon as possible. You want to give people a little preview of that? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Saturday afternoon towards the end of everything, Brett and I were able to go and walk around. And um, I mean, they have an entire rainforest section where I felt like I was walking around a Jurassic Park set or something, <laughs> waiting for a T-Rex to come out of the woods. And, you know, they have these really cool just misters in place all through the pathways. So it's just constantly misted and cool and just, I don't know, it has such a cool just kind of vibe to it that you do not feel like you're in South Florida at all. And um, so Brett and I walked around every, I mean, I swear, every 20 steps he was stopping and be like, check this out, (laughs) go into detail about it. And it's just, it's really, really just informational. And um, And from what I saw, his fashion is on point as well. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of comments that people were just saying as we'd walk by and be like, oh, Brett's looking good today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so. He doesn't need that. (laughs) Don't pump him up like that. (laughs) No, just being able to see these plants that we sell on a three inch or four inch size in the ground in this garden that are, four feet tall in right. mature form blooming is just in an area amazing. of the country that they don't have to worry about that thing hard freezing mm-hmm. which is what allows them to have that collection there without having to be in a botanical dome right. or conservatory or, or like glass house or something yeah like or anything like that yeah so it's it and you have that it's a really neat phenomenon down there because it's really hot like you mentioned mm-hmm. but the upside is you do have like nearly constant breeze so if you can get into the shade or in a lot of their rainforest, you know, obviously trees, everything that's grown in the way that they've cultivated that entire area of the botanical garden, you get the wind, but then you get the shade that all of the, the rainforest protects, which makes it South Florida, like, like you said, not too bad. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not too bad when you're not in the full sun. Definitely, um, yeah. So it's, it's a unique place because like, I don't think you could pull that off. Because it's like I'm, like you said, it's everything in the ground. It's, mm-hmm. it's it isn't in a conservatory or in a you know building. So there's not many places in the country you could really establish what Fairchild has no, been able to I, do down there. I mean, Fairchild's it's USDA Zone 10B, and the only place in the United States that is also 10B besides South Florida is parts of Hawaii. Wow, what so, it, what does that mean exactly? Um, USDA agricultural zoning is based on uh the range of temperatures that that climate experiences um so and they use it basically for different types of planting maps like to tell people hey this plant is hardy to this degree they could say this planting is good for usda zones five to nine or something like that so Mm. um virginia is like uh 6b to 7b different parts of virginia um so up here in central florida we're in 9b Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which basically means we can paraphrasing we can touch or get very close to freezing Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. 10b doesn't like you just simply never get to a 34 32 hard well i guess 32 or below hard freeze Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. But other places of the, which is kind of crazy to me growing up in 9B, Central Florida my entire life, there are other things, like he's saying, the planting schedule of like, you in Ohio can plant petunias mm-hmm. really early, be, you know, because you have a longer spring than you do a summertime or vice versa, depending on where you are and where what t- 
time of the year, your last snowfall, your first mm-hmm. snowfall happens, kind of meant to help you plant your garden and like manage your, your mm-hmm. home. But obviously it also, people still use it even applied to houseplants a little bit because a factor of the zoning is also sun exposure and the length of days and stuff like that as well. So people will still use it for, hey, I'm in this region of the country, describe it by zone. Right. Would this window or would this amount of shade or time in semi-direct light be okay? Mm-hmm. And it's just a way for people to kind of know perspective, although I feel like it was more popular like back in seed catalog days absolutely. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, is there anything else we wanted to we throw in there on the Aeroid show or uh, any well, closing remarks? Yeah, I think the last thing was um, with the banquet after the uh, after the presentation, they do the auction. Oh, um, yes, yes, yeah. And so the auction is uh, every vendor is required to donate at least two plants um, for the auction, and then they go through To it. benefit the society as well. So 100% of all of the money raised for the auction goes back to the society. So it's a charitable auction um and so there were probably 20 or 30 plants that were auctioned off um and i mean some of them there was a uh, philodendron polypodioides that i went i think went for close to like 3600 um wow. and then marie marie knox uh with regardens donated um a an anthurium delta force seedling which is the first one of the first of her batches of seedlings. Okay. And so this plant is very, very popular right now. It was hybridized by her, her late husband. Um, and so that seedling went for a little over 13,000. Holy moly. <laughs> and I mean, when I say seedling, it had two, maybe three leaves on it. Like we were sitting in the back and I couldn't even see what these people were buying. (laughs) I'm going to trust that you guys know what you're purchasing because, but Hey, that that's putting a price tag. I mean, first of all, obviously auctions that benefit charities or Mm -hmm. organizations like that. Of course there's the inflation, right? you know, but also, yeah, it's literally supply and demand. Most of the time, if this is one of the handful of seedlings and you respect her late husband or the creator enough, yeah, you'll pay the price. And it's really exciting to think that like when when her husband made this plant, little did he know the impact that it would have on a global perspective, this plant community and the craze that it would create just from mm-hmm. this one plant that he hybridized. And yeah, that's really exciting to think that we could do that one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, that it's and that people like the society would be there to help recognize or to help answer questions, whatever sure. it may be. So it's it's been really neat to be able to be involved with them, help them, but then also get to vend and get to be at a location where so many of our customers are at. I'm sure there was lots of familiar faces and, and all that other stuff too. So it's it's a it's a win-win all the way around. It sounds like you guys had a lot of fun, even if we're a little bit tired at yes. this point. Yes, we did. Um, and I do just want to mention, the re- <laughs> not only was all the work, Zach, that Brett said he got himself into over the weekend, but this man also, I think, was at the greenhouses like 36 of the 48 hours <laughs> leading up to him getting in the mm. box truck to drive down there. So you've been on a sprint here for a hot minute here, Brett. So go get some rest. For sure. Um, and we'll <laughs> we'll make sure to get keep always growing more next week and <laughs> hit it with a little bit more energy, Zach. Anything else? You're going to have that video up uh, of the Fairchild tour by the time this podcast episode's probably out. You yeah, can probably go it, find it on YouTube. Yeah, by the time this is out, yeah, check out our YouTube 
and uh, it'll definitely be there. Yeah, just search for Gabriella Plants. And with that, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Every Plant Story podcast. If you have any feedback for us, you can shoot us an email at feedback at everyplantstory.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at everyplantstory. And for now, otherwise, take care. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. See ya. Thank you.